it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. It's going to be a really fun Friday. All three major tours are in action. I have a big announcement. Finally! And our guest is going to help us try and figure out all these crazy stories in golf. Paid amateurs, super leagues. Eh, it's, it's all for the fans to figure out, I guess. Well, have no fear. The Pro Show is here to help. Crank the chilies. Wade, well, let's get going. Friday afternoon, here we go. First and foremost, I want to throw out a big shout out to our veterans. Sure. Veterans Day yesterday. I know the New Jersey Golf Foundation, our friends and sponsors, they had a very special day up at their Inspiration Range. Inspiration Point? No, Inspiration Range. Oh, okay. Range. This is serious Veterans Day. Sorry. Calm yourself down. I know it's Friday. And the weekend is upon us. Me and Jenny Piccolo were going to Inspiration Point. That's why I was on top of my mind there. Yes. I don't even know where to go with that. Uh, let's just go to the weather. I mean, that's always a good small talk start, starting point. Great, great week of weather until today. I don't know what's going on today, but uh, um, it's raining. That's what's going on. Yeah, that's for sure. And I, I kind of missed out on this week of weather because I've been busy building. Building. You know, yes, I've been busy building, my friend. And uh, this is just a little foreshadowing. Uh, we got to go over a couple quick things, but then I'm going to come back to our big announcement. Um, what I've been up to for the last couple months that I've been alluding to there, Mr. Wade Weezer, um, is about to come to fruition. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say fruition. Yes. Yes. It's up there with your favorite <laughs> word of plum. I know. I know. Um, speaking of a great um, words or the choice and use of them, we have uh, an unbelievable scribe with us today, Jeff Shackelford, uh, author of 11 books. Everybody who follows golf knows Shack. He's fantastic. He writes the quadrilateral, which is uh, an engaging newsletter that comes out once a week. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's done it all in golf. Golf Week, Golf Channel, Morning Drive. Uh, he's he's definitely a golf insider and somebody that I really appreciate his opinion. And um, all that's going on in golf right now, these super leagues, um, elite amateurs being able to accept funds. Uh, college kids and NIL, um, green reading books. I mean, there's a million different topics that we can go over, and uh, I can't wait to get Shaq's point of view on all of this. So I'm looking forward to that interview. Uh, he's a huge advocate for the game, but he's also, in my opinion, one of those folks that isn't afraid to question the status quo in order to push us forward. And um, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, as I mentioned in the opening there, my good man, uh, all three major tours, Champions Tour, Ladies, and the men, are in action this week, trying to wrap up 2021 in the marathon season or year that it is. Let's start with that Champions Tour because they are in their tour championship or the Charles Schwab Cup championship. Uh, the Cup points leader, of course, is a 64-year-old by the name of Bernard Longer, if you can believe that. He fired a smooth little 68 yesterday to be uh, top 15 in this field of 36 for the tour championship. The leaders are at 65 or six under after round one. And that's Jim Furyk, Kirk Triplett, and of course, the one, the only, your PGA champion, Mr. Phil Mickelson. Shifting over to Bel Air, 
Florida and the Pelican Golf Club, the Pelican Women's Championship. Uh, second time they've run this event on the LPGA Tour. Uh, Ireland's own and the Solheim Cup star, Leona McGuire, little eight under 62. Uh, you are defending champ, uh, Say Young Kim, 64, six under. Lexi, 65, as well as your number one player in the world, Nelly Corda, 65. Recently bumped back up there. And uh, Jin Young Ko, who was number two, then number one, now number two again, who's uh, had a, just an amazing season. She's at two under, tied for 23rd. So, you know, we will be betting her this weekend because she's definitely going to come back to the mean and uh, challenge for this championship. Speaking of one other championship, we have the Hewlett Packard Enterprise Houston Open. Not to be confused with last week's Worldwide Technology Mayakoba Classic. No, honestly, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, when they go to these sponsors, do they just say, I want the longest name yes. ever? We don't want the ones that roll off your tongue. Well, the Hewlett Packard Enter- Enterprise, I can't even do it. It's, it's awful. Anyway, what's not awful is the play there yesterday and the place they're playing. Memorial Park Golf Club, public golf course there in Houston, Texas. And it's uh, par 70, very much a major championship style layout. Russell Henley, Taylor Gooch, Mark Leishman, Luke List, um, led yesterday at the close of round one. Uh, They did not finish all of the play. Uh, Roughly 65 of the 132, so about half the field was still on the golf course. Uh, You know, you got a guy like Sam Burns, who was one of your favorites. He still had about eight holes to play. Uh, Adam Scott, Matt Wolf tied for 12, two under. Um, This is going to be one of those where even these guys went out at five under the first day. They're definitely going to be... challenged as the week goes on this is a tough golf course and i expect the winning score like carlos Ortiz to be around a dozen under i think he was 13 last year so uh keep an eye on that and uh we will certainly be keeping an eye on something's coming there mr wade weezer it's now time we have reached the, the point in the show i'm not going to do this like fox where they keep telling you right. on those reality teasing, tv teasing, shows teasing teasing yes. after the break yeah i know it's I, announcement time it's like when you're always complaining about below deck <laughs> And they and like you know somebody falls overboard and you know it's this like big thing in every commercial sure. lead in and then it happens in the last five seconds of the show and then they say to be continued exactly you know we're not going to do it that way we're going to do it right you buried the headline you watched below deck that that's that's what got lost just then yes well the headline is ladies and gents this is the moment you've waited for that's it my friend well done there well done I know you had something. Uh, concocted for yeah, all of this you know but i am super excited i'm actually wearing a tie today i'm i'm dressed up because of the, this up. is the moment we've been waiting for this has been months in the making and i am on monday monday afternoon um am going to release a new golf entertainment predictions website whoa look at that yeah it's going to be called read the line and uh you can read the line Sure. You can read the line in golf or you can just read the line. But Monday afternoon, when you go to readtheline.com, you'll be able to find me and all that I've been up to and what I'm about to be up to. Because it's it's basically it's going to be a golf website covering predictions from a PGA professional's perspective. Okay. You know, I love alliteration. You do. Right. Yes. It's 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 my modern approach to engaging golfers. You know, we've got Top Golf, we've got the PGA Tour, we've got all of these different niches. But at the end of the day, my 11 year old daughter knows who like the backup point guard is on the 76ers (laughs) because she plays fantasy basketball. Sure. And what's interesting to me about that, and as I've watched that, the engagement in golf through, we'll call it gambling or wagering, but um, responsible gaming has really intensified 
you know, the fans' engagement with the sport. And the idea that week in and week out on social media or in conversations that I get in, that people know somebody like Taylor Gooch or a Luke List, mm-hmm. you know, these guys that have been on tour, but they've never won, you know, to me is how it's just one avenue that as a PGA professional, I can grow the game. My mission is to get more people involved in golf. And this is, I think, a very cool way with which to do it. And we're going to do it with a lot of entertainment value. We're going to do it with a lot of uh, prediction value, because at the end of the day, with 25 years as a club professional and you know decades as being a, a PGA professional, uh, I do have something to add to the conversation that is more than just statistical analysis. You know, right. I, I'm yeah. going to go way beyond the Excel spreadsheets. We're going to have a newsletter feature. There's going to be coaching insights. Yes, I mean all of the, the. I mean, I write so many coaching articles a week for PGA.com. Why can't we just kind of help everybody find out not only what the pro shows up to, mm-hmm. but well, you know, like what what. I'm writing about on PGA.com, where Stick and Hack reacts is. It's going to be the hub of basically Keith Stewart. And that's cool. People like to have things in one place. They do. They do. And I I appreciate that comment because it's it's taken a long time to try to bring this all together. But we're going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, one of the cool things we're doing as we debut next week and we start talking about the RSM Classic down there at Sea Island, a golf course I've played many times. So we talk about the course and the insights. I can give my own opinion, but we're going to do something really fun, too, that I, I just don't find a lot of other golf um, experts getting into, and uh, we're we're gonna have a little celebrity picker next week too. Oh, look at that! Yeah, we're just gonna, right off the bat. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun. I mean, I um, it's just one of those things that I'm super proud about, and I can't wait to show it to everybody. Uh, I you just have live Monday. You said it, we're gonna launch it on Monday okay. afternoon. Yes, and that URL once again, uh, readtheline.com. Readtheline.com, which is not active yet. Okay, we're still building. Not find anything right now. We're uh, we're we're still building away, but uh, I'll hit it up on social media on Monday. There'll be a you know a hello world video, and from that moment forward, um, we are name. we are off and running. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. And uh, you know what else is cool is our partnership with the New Jersey Golf Foundation because you know they are the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA, and they are committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Well, there it is, ma'am. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? That's I'm great. I'm so excited this Thank afternoon. God. Champagne's coming at four o'clock. Nice. For right now, though, it's three fifteen <laughs> here in New York. That's uh, about twelve fifteen for our friend Jeff, as we call him up. Thanks for listening to ESPN nine twenty. Be back in a moment with Mr. Shackelford. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Dinkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. 
With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN. 920. The calendar sure says November, but the drama surrounding golf cannot be denied. To help us all figure out what's going on, I have called upon golf's gifted reporter Jeff Shackelford to make sense of it all. I've coined him the Seinfeld of our sport as his writing entertains as much as it educates. I can't wait to see what we learn from today's conversation. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. All right, Wade, let's head out to L.A. and see what Jeff's up to. Jeff Shackelford, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? Well, I'm doing great now that I've been compared to Jerry Seinfeld. Well, you know, you know, I love calling you that because I, I just think that you have this really unique perspective that, like I said, educates as much as it entertains. And I think that's inspiring. That's important when it comes to our sport, and especially with all that's going on right now. I mean, it's November. I mean, this used to be like a three-week lead-up to the Skins game on Thanksgiving, and and now, I mean, every week, I mean, every day, your quadrilateral, your website, it's breaking a new story. What is going on in golf right now? Well, I, I haven't broken too many, just one or two, but I feed off the other ones, as you might imagine, and uh, it is a fascinating time. It is kind of year-end. We have this well, we really have had an 18-month run of just so many tournaments, and it's a credit to the the tour and the other organizations that they were able to do that. And I think what we're seeing now is that people are uh, catching their breath and, and reevaluating a lot of things that have been sort of brewing for a while. And then I think you look at the world of sports in general and uh, just changes coming and and people looking at certain things who maybe people who have a lot of money or a lot of time on their hands to ponder uh, better ways to do things. And then you throw in betting. And so I think we were probably due to eventually come to this point where um, some, some, some big thinkers, grand thinkers, big egos, all those things said, you know, uh, there might be a better way to do this. It's been brewing. And now I believe when you throw in, uh, streaming and betting and, and other factors that maybe change the way the model of golf could work, uh, that, uh, now we have this mad rush. And then of course you throw in, uh, Saudi Arabia and the public investment fund and that they don't really have a need to fit a business model. Uh, they just, they just can throw money at something if they want to. And then that adds just another, I guess that speeds things up would be the best way I could put that, that it, 
that suddenly all these people with grand ideas and plans and things, um, those don't really matter as much when you're competing against uh, an entity that just uh, has a lot of money. Well, there's no doubt we're at warp speed, but uh, I'm going to go back to the middle of that where you mentioned two words, big egos, right? And uh, there's probably not one bigger in golf than Greg Norman and his live um, enterprises seems to be one of the headlines that everyone is either most confused about or they kind of want to figure out where all this is going to fit in in 2022. Rather than a huge history course, let's talk about the future. We have all these different entities, right? How do you see them all coming together? Well, I don't see them coming together at all. They're all kind of going in different uh, directions. We really only have, um, let's say, three. You know, the PGA Tour and the European Tour now is a joint uh, entity. And then the Saudi uh, Arabian-funded group. And then there's still that other group that, that kind of started this conversation about a new model the premier golf league group um and they're obviously sort of now in third place and uh you know their mindset now is to try to work with the tour they have a very different approach to the model of pro golf and they believe they have some backers and smart people who could bring that to the tour and the pga tour and european tour don't want to talk to them so i don't see any of these things coming together i i unfortunately i fear that we're going to have uh, kind of a split, uh, some players going one way and, and some sticking with the current way of playing things. I, uh, I just don't, I don't see everybody all going to one thing and or all staying in one. It just seems like we're pretty far down the road from everything I'm hearing in terms of player commitments. And, and the Greg Norman group that you're re- referring to is, uh, to be very candid, uh, compiling a, a very nice, an impressive uh, group of executives and that's getting a lot of attention. You know, they're not, they're not um, grabbing people who you know were really uh, prominent in golf uh, 10 years ago and uh, have been sitting around and bored. And this would be a fun little project to take on. These are people who've been in serious positions in the game and, uh, or in other sports and who have things on their resume that, that in the sports world, make people go, oh, wow, oh, he was part of the, the Formula One um, turnaround, or he was part of Endeavor and um, their their big push on uh, some sports stuff that's, that's probably saved Endeavor. Uh, so things like that to the people who are on the inside of sports business, um, uh, you know, that, that gets a lot of attention. These are credible folks that, uh, and, you know, we laugh at Greg Norman and his shirtless stuff and, you know, nearly cutting his hand off uh, you know, doing his hedge trimming in his yard, and he's become kind of a uh, kooky character. But he's still he's still Greg Norman, and there is still a there's a there's a man there who had a very successful career, great player, uh, great businessman, and we might on the inside of golf kind of laugh at what he's what he's become and how he handled his work at Fox, but uh, he still has uh, he still has a credibility because he was the one who many years ago said, hey, we need a we need a world tour. We need to rethink this. And so now he's getting his shot. Well, you know, I think a lot of people wonder because we've been hearing about this story off and on. And even if you're kind of a periphery golf fan, you, you know that these things have kind of existed um, surrounding the PGA Tour and the European Tour for some time. But so what you're telling my listeners is that the Greg Newman, the Greg Norman group is for real. Right. This thing is is happening. 
and it will happen in 2022. Is, is that is that a safe estimation? That's what they're claiming. I, I find it hard to believe they're, they're going to have a good schedule put together uh, starting in late spring, as they've apparently told some. Uh, they had a very select group of writers back to New York uh, for a session, and that's been in some of those stories. So, yes, that is their their plan, and I, I, I think something's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a full schedule, though. That seems ambitious to me. Well, one thing's for sure. I guess whether it's real or not, they've caused a stir and they've caused a reaction. Yeah. And I saw the story yesterday. The PGA Tour is is definitely re- they, well. They have been reacting for some time. When you talk about the pit money, and the yeah. you know the, the fifteen for fifty, and 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 so all these other different things. But it um. What do you think of their most recent announcement yesterday where they talk about they're going to have some world events starting in 23 or, or maybe 24, and they're trying to use a similar blueprint? Um, it, just what do you think of that to begin with? Awful. Just awful. You know, I uh, was the one who uh, broke the story on the Premier Golf League back in January of 2020, which seems like, you know, 10 years ago after everything we've we've gone through and some of us have, have experienced in these uh, brutal times. And so you think, wow, okay, uh, that was January 2020. The tour, and, and, and surely the tour knew before a silly little blogger in Los Angeles put that story out, what the specifics were. And so I guess I, I, I find it just, in, just unbelievable that they didn't put somebody – with uh you know a love of sports and and a big picture mindset and a nice salary and say okay go in a room for a while come up with um give us some give us some plans some worst case scenarios whatever and we'll stick it in the drawer and and if we feel like we need to go there we we go there and this this story that Eamon lynch broke yesterday for for golf week just just uh, really spoke to an organization that was just throwing something out there uh, with not having given it much sun, all it is is really a glorified WGC events, which are dying, by the way. We're down to two, and those will probably die. In the fall, around the world, guaranteed money, no cuts, and uh, it might have a team thing they mentioned too, which is just kind of a ripoff of these other concepts. And it's at a time of year which, you know, the players want to – they need a break, uh, and, and, and we need a break as fans. You know, I'm taking my own break personally, just not watching the fall, and I know come January I'm going to be excited to watch the tour again. I'm doing that on my own, but they need to do that from a perspective of protecting their players and their 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 product and their image, and I hate using the word product, but that's what it is. So I, I just – it's just like something they threw out to um, to kind of show that we're – we're hearing a little bit of what's going on and we're, we're, we're adjusting, but it's, it's just sounds terrible. All right, everybody, you recognize that voice right there. That's Jeff Shackelford golf insider. So happy to have him on the pro show this afternoon. My next question in all of this is that, you know, I grew up like a diehard Yankees fan as a kid. You know, I grew up in New Jersey, just outside the shadow of Manhattan. And I can't remember the last time I watched a baseball game. And one of the things that I love to hear you talk about is the length of the season. And you just touched upon it there. Um, whether it comes from the player's perspective or just the fan's perspective. I mean, we have we have obviously reached a point where too much is too much. I'm correct in saying that. I think so. Yeah, I, I absolutely. So can't we learn something from baseball? I mean, there, there's really not a lot that's more um, entertaining than baseball playoffs. It just takes about seven months to get there, right? Um, yeah. The, you know, the golf majors can kind of be the playoffs in a, in, a, in a certain similar analogy or world, right? But like, uh, as all of this comes together, 
is we've definitely reached a point where there's just too much golf, Jeff. Like when we push forward to 23 and 24, you know, if, if you and I could put something together that makes more sense, what would we do to try to grow the game on a worldwide basis that does bring all of this together? Well, there just has to be a point where it, it goes away, even if it's just for a month, because golf has always been a little bit of a year-round sport. And, and in the fall, I mean, I miss the silly season, and I, I certainly miss uh, some late-night golf from Australia and little things like that that give us a break or a different, I guess just a different uh, flavor to things. Um, I mean, I love the skins game. So there were there were things that were good about year round but in general you you just sometimes it's good to 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 disappear for a little while and every sport generally does that i mean baseball you're right season's long but they still and we have we obviously we have hot stove league and things like that going or uh, you know free agent signings labor talks all that but the game goes away and by spring training you're refreshed uh well you aren't it sounds like but a lot of people are (laughs) Uh, and so that to me is the bigger issue and then also just the tour seems to want to kind of control the whole schedule and expand it. And a lot of people don't realize this, but, but, but the executives are incentivized to create purse growth and playing opportunities. Not the commissioner is not incentivized to say, Hey, we need to do this to protect our, our players health uh, because, you know, they play greens that are 13 every week and they swing harder than, than guys have ever swung. And they, they need to rest their body at a certain point. He's not paid to think about things like that. He's paid to provide is so we get these 144 player fields and um and just all number stuff that means nothing to a fan so that's to, to me the bigger issue is how do you re-incentivize the people in charge to 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 take care of the the, the the game that they present and then i think a lot of good things come from from that alone um for both players and fans you know i like the way that you presented that there and that kind of leads me into when you start to really consider the fans, golf's more popular than it's ever been. And if we're responsible in the way that we're presenting this on a television or or streaming scale, then maybe we can do better to sustain this surge that we've had out of the pandemic, you know, in play and rounds. And as a PGA professional, I mean, I've felt it at the course and, you know, you've seen it when you go to play and, and, and the amount of people that are consuming all of this golf information, um, with all that in mind, if we retract the schedule, does that hurt keeping golfers engaged or, you know, how, how would that work out? I don't think so at all. I mean, I think the, the, the PGA tour could disappear tomorrow and the recreational game. Yeah. I mean, sure. There are people who are inspired to buy something or they're inspired to go try something on the range at times at every point in the history of the game, there's been a player who's come along and from, from beginning with young Tom Morris, uh, who's kind of lifted the game out of some, some doldrums. So we don't want him to go away, but I, I, I believe you, I mean, we, we just had a report. You probably got an alert 4.4 million uh, people quit their jobs last month. There's been a change in life priorities, and and I think we're people don't want to go back to a, a, a rat race, and golf has been the beneficiary of people one obviously wanting to be outdoors and somewhere where it's safe, and um, and an, and a, just a greater appreciation of the benefits of the sport, and I I feel very strongly. I mean, you're more in tune with it uh than i am but be, you know being an instructor i mean I, I don't play much anymore because every course around here is just 
packed and I will not go play uh, a six hour round. And I just feel like priorities have changed. So I, I'm, I'm very bullish on where golf's going to be for, for, for a decade because of our, our new priorities and not because of anything the, the pro game does or doesn't do to, to keep people playing. That's an interesting perspective because there's this question that lies in golf right now, um, similar to that of the uh, the New York Stock Exchange, which is if you were if you were in golf right now, would you be buying or selling? You know, are we peaking or do we have more room to grow? Well, there might be people who, yeah, yeah. I mean, the grow, grow, grow mindset uh, gets gets nauseating because it because you know we're just happy to be uh, uh, thriving again and sustaining that. To me, is just a great positive as long as i hear the courses are are succeeding and people are taking lessons and having a good time everything else kind of pays for itself and i think the sport needs to to keep that perspective and so far everything i've seen i've sensed that i haven't sensed uh, any kind of uh reaction that, that would say oh we've got to do this and we've got to push that and and no i think you know a lot of the programs we have have been good and we need to um we just need to ensure that it th- there's an accessibility element and, and an affordability element and um and but i think we've made so much progress on yeah i just i've had i've done a lot of podcasts this week and we've kind of talked state of the game stuff and when you think where we were 20 years ago you know, fun is now a good thing. You know, fun, a course that was fun 20 years ago was like, oh, well, it's fun. It's not a championship course. You know, we've gotten over things like that. We've gotten over things like, um, you know, if you just hit balls, you're a golfer. You know, it used to be that there was this kind of stigma, like you have to have a handicap, you got to have a full set of clubs, you got to play once a week. And I'm thrilled we've gotten past those things with whatever it is, uh, the, the, the game the, um, initiatives that, uh, all the organizations have done, or Top Golf, or or whatever it is, but we've cleared some some really great hurdles, and we need to just kind of keep building on those things. I think, and you know, get more par three courses and and uh, better ranges, and just get people as part of the game, however they want to be a part of it. And then there's always going to be people who can afford to play a lot. Good for them. <laughs> Well, just like our guest today, Jeff Shackelford, I share a buyer's mentality on golf right now. I, I definitely think we, we still have room to grow. But when you start to have these conversations and you use words like progress, affordability, uh, engagement, now we start to head over into the allied associations world where you're now you're dealing with the PGA of America and the USGA. Uh, the USGA has an opportunity right now. I see it with all of that's circling around the PGA Tour. If you're Mike Wan... Right. Where where do you attack first? Uh, There's been a lot of criticism of the USGA over the last couple of years and the decisions they've made almost maybe creating more hurdles in the game. There's a lot of talk about distance. There's a lot of talk about amateurs and pay for play. Um, You're Mike Wan. You're the CEO. Uh, You're getting you're putting together your list for 2021 or for 2022. Strike that. And, you know, where are you going to attack first, Jeff? Well, you're asking the wrong person because I have very strong views on these things, and it's it's a very hard case to make. And if there's somebody who can do it, I I think he can, um, having had a background in in working uh, with the LPGA Tour and manufacturers. But you know, the USGA has done some amazing research the last few years, and they can now make a case for. Uh, the things that 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 those nut jobs like me have been arguing about that 
that chasing distance isn't that uh, important via just buying a new driver every two, uh, 18 months and that we really do need to figure out ways to, to water less and just, just try to make golf not quite so expensive uh, to operate a course and to help its image. You know, just, just um, I, I know of so many great little an- anecdotal stories of how m- – People are getting there. They're not all the way there, but appreciating the what the role of a golf course does in a community. We've got a, we've got a long way to go. I think more facilities need to to let the community know the good things they do for recreation or the environment. So I I, I just think he has to take all that great research they've done in the last few years and say, look, we are going to draw the line on distance. We just can't keep expanding the size of the game. It slows down play and different things. We don't want to take your distance away from you. There's a more likely chance that what we do won't affect you one bit. In fact, we might even free up a few rules for the, the manufacturers to to allow them to make clubs that are a little bit better for the average guy. Because I'm sorry, that's a story that, that they don't want to tell and they need to tell, which is a lot of this great equipment today, and it is the greatest stuff that's ever been made in the history of the game is really really good at certain club head speeds it's not that and and you would know as an instructor I, I you don't get the benefits uh at certain speeds and so i would love to see them and they just don't want to do it it drives me nuts to to say hey you know we're going to free up these little rules to help the average guy let the manufacturers explore research in that d- direction but we just have to put an end to this chase for 75 100 or 8,000 yards. It's just, it's bad and it's bad for everybody. Trust us. We've got the numbers. And if you'd like to read them, here they are. And, and, um, I, I, I wish he could do that. I don't know if he's, uh, going to be empowered, but I know the RNA is, is, uh, in agreement now. They've, they, they've kind of come around on that front. So we'll see. Well, leading into that question, I certainly know where you stand. You know, it's uh, it's been put out there time and time again. But I, I like having educated conversations and I love inspiring my listeners a little bit. And it's interesting to hear how you put all of that together. We got to take a quick pause for a second. Yeah. I, I've got to take a quick radio break, but we're going to come back. So hold that thought. And we're going to talk more about growth of the game and distance and all sorts of fun things with L.A.'s sensational scribe, Jeff Shackelford. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by Summit Golf Brands. Golf's coolest company offers everything you need to look great while you play your best. As the weather starts to turn, you have to be prepared for on and off the course. Take a look at the award-winning zero-restriction line of active and outerwear. Yes, ladies, they offer yoga pants and city windbreakers. The Urban Wind Jacket will have your friends asking where you got it. Guys, if you want that cool off-the-course look on the links, 
Try the new Champ hoodie. It's a hybrid wind jacket with ultra soft sleeves and lining. You can immediately tell Summit believes in creating products that people really want. Right now, Zero Restriction is offering an exclusive 25% off discount with code STEWART25! So run, don't walk to that computer, and head to ZeroRestriction.com for all your cool golf and lifestyle gear needs. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our chat with Jeff Shackelford. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast. Wade, what a a wonderful selection of music this afternoon combination of uh, West Coast rock and socially conscious rhythms. Kind of reminds me of our guest in a way. Mid-90s for this one? 95. 95 for this one, huh? Huh. Takes me back to being a kid again, or at least younger than I am now, or younger than you and I are now, right? Which reminds me, I'd like to say happy birthday to my daughter, Abby. She turns 12 tomorrow. Happy birthday, Abby. Yeah, it's... It's a big day for her. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I look forward to celebrating with her. So happy birthday, Duchess. Wade, give her some volume. Let's yeah. kick her weekend off in style. Happy birthday. We can live beside the ocean. Leave the fire behind. Swim out past the breaker. All right. Let's jump back to L.A. with our guest, Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, welcome back to the pro show. We were uh, conversing about distance arguments and so on and so forth that either hold golf back or help promote it for the future. One of the things that's interesting that came up when we start to talk about the USGA is this idea that college athletes and then now elite amateurs are going to be paid to play and and how that whole world is adjusting at warp speed. Do you think that this will have a negative, like an instant negative impact or what will really be the impact for my listeners to kind of learn from you when this happens to amateur golf? Yeah, I'm really struggling with this one. Uh, obviously, their hands were tied with the, the uh, name, image, likeness stuff with uh, college sports, and they had to come up with ways to budge on that and, and address that for college golf. Um, I, uh, so that, that, was, that was really why they then opened the floodgates uh, if you will, if, if, if there are people going, going to be lining up to sign uh, amateurs to endorsement deals, I happen to believe it will happen. I've had a lot of people uh, roll their eyes at me, and, uh, and that's, I can just feel that over the phone, by the way. That's not in person. I can, just, I can tell they're, they're cringing at, at my claim. But my argument is that, unfortunately, we live in a society that's really a, a youth-obsessed more than ever. And we have a lot of people who now believe in the, the most influential voices are um, at a, at just getting younger and younger, and they're going to push harder and harder to get to junior golfers to influence people. I, I'm not really totally clear how that all works, but I, I have seen it, and I know stories from some parents who who say you wouldn't you wouldn't believe some of the the uh, the things now that that the manufacturers do to get certain clubs and good players good young players and I mean young we're talking 14 15 16 uh, in their hands and so I don't know how that's a good thing um, I certainly wouldn't want to go back to my era of hitting snap hooks with little tiny um, 
persimmon or the new metal heads and all that, but I also don't really know how it ends well where we we put a lot of emphasis and focus on young players to do to not just play and go to school and grow up and sort through this whole life thing, but then, um, you know, they just came right out and essentially implied that they were doing this to help a young aspiring player pay for pay bills, pay travel bills. And so now you have to be, uh, if you're not from a family of, of, of great wealth, does this mean you have to be good on uh, as an influencer on social media and hawking product and, I just, I just can't stand all that. And then there are other elements way beyond my pay grade with, with uh, rich guys have told me, oh, wait till you see what, what some of the mid-amateurs do to make this uh, the sponsorship part of a job and, and to pay for, for uh, expenses. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't care about them. <laughs> I'm more worried about the kids and making sure that, that we, we don't uh, create a group of people who, uh, who who quit the game by 23 because it, it was just too much pressure and it was a job. We, we want it to be fun. And if it's fun, we're going to have fun watching them and they're going to have a, a better life. And, and that's what worries me is, it, are we just turning the whole thing into a transaction? Um, and I wish, I wish there was an age limit to, to this. I'm sure there were legal reasons that that was the case, but yeah, I mean, you're out there, you're in the trenches. You, you, you see it. I mean, am I just being, uh, Am I just nuts on this? Am I overreacting? No, you're not overreacting. In fact, it's been going on for years, Jeff. You know, my perspective on this is <laughs> well, that, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I'd ask. yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you know I, I I love your educated insights, but I've coached players that go to Division One schools, the best in the country, and I've seen kids at 13, 14 years old they get they get free equipment and it's allowed. And I always thought to myself, I'm like, how is this possible? And then, you know, you have organizations like the AJGA, which gives out grant money for travel for families in need. So there has been money in golf to help juniors uh, try to reach their goals or at least give them the opportunity to try to do so. This to me is interesting in that only if it turns into that the USAM, you know, trophy winner ends up all over social media and then it just becomes this big like all right well what's the difference between him and then colin morikawa or something well, like that I which think that's, i think that's possible yeah and i i think and i'm not i'm not as a pga professional and uh, i'm i'm very contemporary minded in a lot of ways but i do love some of the traditions of the game and the purity of the walker cup or the usam and i think that you know watching kids try to qualify or, or trying to go for those types of events myself when i was a kid um I would love to see those traditions maintained and I don't need to see, you know, basically 3M sponsoring the U.S. Amateur or something along those lines. I mean, it's just um, so if it goes down that road, so be it. But I mean, this stuff's been going on and it's it's nothing really that's new. I think the best part of it that our guest Jeff Shackelford this afternoon keeps touching upon is that golf is becoming more fun and a lot more people are engaged in it because of that fun. And I think about we're almost done with this year. And as 2021 wraps up, do you think 2021 was a good year for golf? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was a, a just obviously I start with the majors and we had good majors and uh, an interesting cast of characters win. And, and for the most part, they were very interesting. So, I, I mean, that's where I always start. And then, yeah, I think we I think if you step back and just look at the, the game in general and you and if you look at if you ignore maybe some certain numbers that uh, it's just hard to track with everything that's gone on 
that you say, well, th- this pandemic uh, bump was uh, it wasn't just a little a little uh, uh, increase. This is we've we've I think we've improved things in the sport enough that we are going to retain some of those new people, and then we had a lot of people rekindle their their interest in the game. And and again, it was a terrible thing, but this is a little silver lining. And then when you look at changing perspectives on on what's important in life and and how work works and commutes and all that that i i really think that all a lot of those things that people did over the years uh laid the groundwork to take advantage nobody planned this or saw it coming but it the the groundwork was laid and, and all the trends now you know all these these clubs and resorts that are adding par threes or himalaya greens because again those are fun and those are which you know people like me have been whining and moaning about forever that we we forget all these uh, ad campaigns and programs golf is a sport you kind of have to almost stumble on accidentally or be drawn to in a weird way you know there's stories so many of us just tagged along because we wanted to drive the cart or or whatever it is it's just a it's just a big intimidating game and if there are ways that you just sort of tag along with people or you just go play a part three course or or have a fun time on a putting green, you know, Tiger's now part of a kind of a mini version of top golf. It's more of, it's like a new age, uh, miniature golf. Well, you know, if those are the ways you get people in and if they can find it on their own terms and then, then they get the courage to call somebody like you and start taking some lessons. That's how it works. You know, these forced ways don't work. So we've created more facilities and more avenues in that are just a little more chill, a little more relaxed and, it's still intimidating. It's still brutal, but it's, it's better. And that to me is uh, just going to be huge for the sport. And we've got to keep, keep doing that and keep understanding that even with the new priorities, people still only have so much time. And so 18 holes, bar 72, 7,200 yards, that whole thing is, that's just for a small group of people. So it's safe to say we have a little bit of uh, momentum riding into 2022 yeah you know who else has got some you know who else has got some momentum that's our guest today jeff shackelford and i want you to share with my listeners you know one of the places i love to go to to find you know these stories and i and i mentioned it earlier i said well you know you break these stories and you know you qualify that by saying i only break so many but i love going to your website the quadrilateral the newsletter all of that why don't you do a little uh, shameless plug for yourself all right you know Put, put on a, your PGA Tour hat for a second here and uh, promote yourself because I love what you do and I love the stories that you tell. I think they're great for golf from a PGA Pro's perspective. Well, thanks. Yeah, the, I've had my blog since 2004, really, when the word blog wasn't even a word yet. I, had, I did a book on the state of the game. The ball was going too far <laughs> uh, back then. And so I just started a website that kind of kept tracking that, um, the stories related to that book called the future of golf. And, um, and then it turned into a website and I've kept it through all my partnerships with various golf publications. And, um, but this year I did, uh, switch a little bit. I still do the blog. I still maintain it, but I did start a a newsletter named the quadrilateral, as you mentioned, uh, named for the, a famous quote of a uh, an old a New York columnist who who branded Bobby Jones's quest for the Grand Slam the impregnable quadrilateral, and that's a good that's a good voice warm up exercise, by the way, uh, Keith. You just want to you know get the really get the thing uh, uh, the syllables going, and it um, it's it's to cover the major championships. You know, I've I've decided that that's really 
I mean, I love architecture. That's a big part of my life. Uh, and, and I work on some course projects, but I love the majors and I just don't really enjoy the week to week tour coverage. Like I used to, there's so many places to, to get it. And I felt like the majors are underserved. So, uh, and it gives me a chance to get paid directly. And it's a, it's just totally energized me because it's a different kind of writing. I, I follow, I was, I went into this very reluctantly. I, I think we get too much email. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't want to do it. And I started writing, um, or excuse me, I started reading some newsletters and I, I kind of got hooked on a few and, and then I started going to other websites and the, the experience was so bad. And so I just love the clean, uh, simple look. It comes to your email. There, there's no, there are no ads, no pop-ups, no nonsense, no accept this cookie stuff. And it's a new kind of writing in a way to me, because I'm writing, it's like I'm writing an email to you and I better be entertaining. I better make you smarter. And that's kind of my goal with each time is like, well, I better leave people with something that makes them a little bit smarter. And I don't mean that like I, I have all the answers because the things I'm putting in there made me feel like, Ooh, that, I'm glad I know that. So that's kind of the goal of it. It'll expand to the women's majors next year. And I, of course, did the Ryder Cup this year, and I'll I'll probably do the President's Cup, even though I'm not very excited about that. But my I'd be a hypocrite because my I kind of have a saying that 99% of the team match play golf is is better than <laughs> most uh, uh, tour golf. So it's um, it's uh, it's it's a team match play event, and fun things always happen at those. So that's what I've been doing, and and I love it. I've I've had a great response, and uh, it was a it was a difficult year for me. Um, uh, and so I was able to do this during that time. And, and, uh, I'm really proud that I, I kind of got through it and, and entertained people and got a nice uh, roster of subscribers. So it's uh, free. And, uh, if you want to pay me, there's that option too. And, uh, just, uh, Google Jeff G E O F F and golf and you'll find all my stuff. Well, it's a fresh unfiltered approach to coverage. Unlike any other. <laughs> well, thank you. And you've been a guest like on any other. So I appreciate you being here, Jeff. I uh, can't thank you enough for the time. We're fast approaching 4 p.m., so I got to run. But uh, we will we will join up again in 2022 because there's going to be more stories that you're going to break, and I just love your opinion of them. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to chatting again. Come back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update. Appreciate you all tuning in to ESPN 920. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show. Weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country 
while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Streaming is a wonderful thing. Imagine you're in L.A. like Jeff. Just go to 920ESPNNewJersey.com and hit that Listen Now button. Social media is about to go wild with our launch next week. At KJ Stewart PGA for all the details and content. Show's going online tonight. Now, closing the Cali vibe, LLKJ. Style. Profiling. Weekend's here. Come on now. Cali, Cali, I'm going back to Cali. I don't think so. I'm going back to Cali, Cali, Cali. I'm going back to Cali. I don't think so. Going back to Cali, style. Come on now. Seriously? <laughs> this guy. One of the best. 1989. Back when he was skinny. Oh, man. Like a twig. Great California vibe this afternoon. Little left, little left coast love, man. All good. All good. Who doesn't need a little left coast love? I tell you. You are loving this song because you are just letting it fly right now. I love it. You know what else lets it fly? What's that? Well, that's the all-new P790 Irons from TaylorMade, our sponsors for the weekly update. Because they know an iron is more than metal. It's the result of countless hours of research, testing, and player feedback. From concept to delivery, every step is taken with one goal in mind, delivering results when you need them most. Where our metal meets your metal. With a forged face and speed foam air for more speed and better feel. Get fit for the all-new P790 irons and discover the player they'll push you to become. Holidays are coming. Check them out, and to find a fitter near you, go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Can I borrow your driver.com? Can I borrow your driver? I don't think so. Oh, no, sir. He's back. LA's back. <laughs> he never left. Well, you know, we're talking about TaylorMade and LA. L- LL. LL. Just, and we were talking to LA earlier. All right, let's get to Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Danny Lee is certainly not the first golfer on the PGA Tour who is trying to chase a little more speed with his driver. But he may be the first to cause a bit of last-minute panic by one of his fellow tour members after just one swing. Oh, no. Wednesday afternoon at the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayacoba, Lee was in the middle of a speed training session. He was getting up to about 185 miles per hour ball speed, but Victor Hovland, who was next to him, wanted to see how much more speed Lee could generate with his driver, which is about an inch longer. Lee stepped on one, and the shaft shattered. (laughs) (laughs) That was very unexpected, said Lee, and I felt kind of sorry for him, and if I had a spare, I would have given it to him, but I didn't. Hovland looked around in disbelief, then enters James Hahn, who had another Ping G425 driver, nearly to the same specs as Victor's usual gamer. Well, while it all worked out in the end for Hovland and Lee, who opened with a solid 368, uh, Lee still had to make it up to Hovland somehow, though, and Hovland was your defending champ who won, which is kind of cool. When asked afterwards to Lee what he had to do to make it up, uh, he said, well, in the future, I'll, I'll give him something for sure. 
Now, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not sure if Lee really owes him anything. Right. Victor won over a million dollars with a different club, thanks to Lee. He'll be all right. If anything, maybe he, maybe Victor owes Lee something. Absolutely. Oh, this is a good one. This is a great one. I've run a lot of Monday outings in my day, and this one, this right here might take the cake. Okay. Uh, Wade, I'll take the Lamborghini. Okay. Austin Ernst. That's, man, that thing purrs. <laughs> Well, LPGA star Austin Ernst gained more than personal pride with her latest hole-in-one by holding an 8-iron at the 147-yard par-3 12th during Monday's practice round for the LPGA's Pelican Women's Championship. Ernst won a two-year lease on a Lamborghini. Ernst, who married Jason Dodds on October 1st, now has four career aces, but this is the first to come with any prize, let alone a luxury Italian sports car. I didn't see it go in, Ernst said. I hit it fairly off the toe, but it was right on line and it landed on the green. I was like, ooh, that's got a chance. Ooh. Ernst said she's seen Lamborghinis before, but this was the first time she ever sat in one. Yeah. It feels like it's pretty fast, she said. I've never been in one of you. You think? A Lamborghini? Yeah. No. I know. I wasn't... Uh, Lucky enough. Never been privy. <laughs> I've been in a lot of great cars, but not mm-hmm. a Lamborghini. Uh, the three-time LPGA winner might not be the only player driving a Lambo in the next couple of years. The prize is still on offer to players if they can also ace the 12th at Pelican Golf Club. You know, speaking of 12th holes and famous cars, I remember back it was 1999, mm-hmm. and I'm an assistant at Brayburn Country Club up in Boston, and 12th hole, par three, Jaguar. Monday outing, we get the phone call in the shop. Uh-huh. Guy makes a hole in one, gets the Jaguar. Oof. Now this is back in the days where they used to give you the car. There wasn't this right, not a two lease. year lease thing, right? The Jaguar, bang, guy wins that. About two hours later, I don't know, seven or eight groups later, right? Right. Another guy makes it. Stop. Yeah, the head pro had to go out and tell the guy no on the second guy. <laughs> Showed him the insurance policy. Oh, sorry. We got oh. one. That's it. Yeah. Oh, Unbelievable. Man. Yeah. I wonder what the restrictions are on this two-year lease. <laughs> wow. Watch your miles there, Austin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who designed this course? Vedanta Vallarta will host the PGA Tours Mexico Open in 2022. The event, which will appear on the PGA Tour schedule for the first time, will be held on April 28th to May 1st in Vallarta, Mexico. Ooh. It'll be a 132-man field, including 12 sponsor exemptions and at least four players from Latin America. The purse will be $7.3 million and feature a full FedEx Cup allotment. The Mexico Open dates to 1944 and is considered the country's national championship. Carlos Ortiz and Abe Anser were part of the group that announced the host site on Monday. Seems like a pretty solid press release here, uh, Mr. Wade Weezer. <laughs> sure. Uh, one more, one small detail they left out. This beautiful seaside resort <laughs> was designed by none other than the shark, Greg Norman. <laughs> nice. The leader of the competitive Saudi golf league. I love it. I love it. Life's little ironies. In another case of redemption, in Boca Raton, Florida, Stephen Alker, who had to qualify for his first PGA Tour Champions event three months ago and kept playing all the way to the Charles Schwab Cup final, Alker capped off his amazing run Sunday when he closed with a 468 for a two-shot victory in the Timber Tech Championship, easily moving into the top 36 players who advanced to the Charles Schwab Cup Championship. You got to remember, this guy hasn't played solid on a tour in years. Right. All right. He was locked in a duel with Jim Furyk on the back nine of the old course at Broken Sound. Alker hold an 18-foot birdie putt on the 15th hole to take the lead and then finished with a birdie he didn't even need to win by two over Furyk and Miguel Angel Jimenez. 
Auker won 305 grand, pushing his total to almost 900,000 in just nine tournament starts since he qualified for the Boeing Classic outside Seattle in late August for his champion's debut. He's made 900 grand in three months. It's a pretty good three months. That's more than this Kiwi made in his entire career on the PGA Tour which featured only three full seasons as he toiled on the Australian and European tours and spent a fair bit of time in America on what is now the Corn Ferry Tour, which is where his last win came in 2014 at the Cleveland Open. God. (laughs) These are unbelievable stories. Oh, the kids club is mine. Down in Savannah, Georgia, while Zach Fisher has shot his way into the lead through 54 holes of Corn Ferry Tour Q School, second stage, a part of him has stayed inside the clubhouse each day at the Landings Club, specifically his first driver, which he first bought at age 13 and has since been repurposed into a training aid. It's a beauty, said Fisher, who left the creation in scoring on Sunday while he navigated the Magnolia course to the tune of a five under par 65 to take a three shot lead. He's the eventual winner on Monday and he receives a fully exempt status on the Corn Ferry Tour schedule next season. Fisher has just earned his second medal, having won the final stage in 2013, the same year that Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, and Daniel Berger earned their cards. Fisher credits his swing coach, Jeff Jones, with turning Fisher's old Callaway, the greatest big Bertha driver, into something he could still use to get better. Earlier this year, Jones took the grip off the club and slid six half-inch washers down the shaft to the clubhead. He then wrapped the washers heavily around the clubhead with duct tape. Asked for a name, Fisher figured he'd call it the swing rod. So what does it do? Fisher said it helps him groove his driver swing and gain about 10 yards of distance in recent months. He also uses three large sponges taped together in tandem with it, sticking them between his legs while swinging the trainer and sticking the grip through the sponges while storing it. I mean, imagine this. Imagine <laughs> no, this. And this I'm guy, trying to be. It talks so fast. And this guy's a two-time Corn Ferry Tour medalist at Q School. It's quite the sight, he says, but it works. I mean, sight or no sight, he won the tournament for the second time. If it were me, I'd send the patent office a quick letter and start making them. Yeah, that'd be something to do, for sure. Well, all right. (laughs) So we said we were going to get away from this, but I can't help myself. So it's back to JR. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze when these people talk. Check this perspective from the two time world champion and now collegiate athlete on Twitter. Worked my butt off on this nutrition project from about 12 to 3 today. Most of my workload. As I sit here and watch my kids play in the arcade and eat funnel cake fries. Arcade? Hey, man. JR, he's always keeping it real and a very interesting perspective. So let's be a little more nutritionally minded there this weekend, Mr. Wade Weezer. I'm going to go to his arcade. In honor of JR. Because that's on his property. You know that. Hey, eat healthy this weekend, everybody. And that's your Pro Show Update for the week ending November 12th. 2021. Certainly a special thank you to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf of the Weekly Update, New Jersey Golf Foundation, of course, Summit Golf Brands, who brought you Jeff Shackelford today and that amazing interview. Ah, my man, producer Wade Weezer, doing a tremendous job as always today on the board. And of course, big shout out to my listeners. Head over to on Monday, readtheline.com. We are going to have so much fun. It's just going to be just more entertainment that you enjoy week in and week out here on the pro show. One spot for everything. Uh, One stop shopping for this holiday season. Can't wait to bring it all to life and uh, super excited on this Friday afternoon to tell you all about it. But there's one more thing I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about new beginnings. Starting a new chapter in life is about turning the page, not writing a whole new book. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is the pro show.
Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.